You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of the sermon, God's Word Can Be Trusted. God's Word Should Be Trusted. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8 is the scripture we're going to focus on today. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. If we go down a couple more chapters... In Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. We've heard this scripture before. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God speaking about His word. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is God speaking about His own Word. That throughout time and throughout history, the Bible has been challenged, questions have been asked, studies have been done on the importance of God's Word. Historical value has been placed upon the Scriptures. What is it? What's going on with it? Can it be trusted? Man wrote it. So there's got to be some error some way. We've got all of these different types of Bibles out there. If you go to a Christian bookstore, three-fourths of the Christian bookstore is Bibles. There's a man's Bible. It's wrapped in camo. There's a women's Bible wrapped in pink camo, the sword of the spirit, King James, New King James, the Holman edition, ESV, Amplified. Everybody's got their opinion, and as you get more famous in the world, you can write your own commentary and have your own Bible. Maybe I'll start selling that here, the Jeremiah Land Press Church Bible. No. But God, all the way back in Isaiah, makes a statement, makes a declaration about His Word that cannot be questioned in any way, shape, or form because it's God making a statement that His Word shall go forth from His mouth and it's not going to return void to Him. No ifs, ands, or buts, it shall accomplish what he pleases it to do. It shall prosper in the thing for which it was sent. The question, the first question that I have for you today that I would like you to ponder over the next week is this. Do you find it easy or hard to put your trust in God's word? When you read the Bible, when you hear a message, when you hear a pastor speak, when you, when you hear 
God's word brought before you, is it easy to accept or is it hard to accept? Because God in this one scripture back in Isaiah makes it pretty clear that if I want to trust anybody's word, it should be his word. That he's got a name to uphold. That he's got a voice that has been spoken throughout the ages. That we have seen, according to the scriptures, miracle after miracle. As prophecy was delivered in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. And we see Jesus showing up on the scene. And him fulfilling and fulfilling and fulfilling and fulfilling those prophecies to prove that he is the Messiah. My question to you is when you read the word, do you read that as the truth? In all the craziness that has happened in 2020, and all the fun and excitement that has gone on, I've had conversations with people and they ask, what do we do? Because it seems like nobody knows what to do. From the highest of levels down to trying to make decisions for our families. What's the best route to take to survive 2020? What do I do? And my question as a man, my question as Jeremiah Land, my question with my family is what is the truth? In 2020, my question is, what is the truth? Because it's hard for Jeremiah Land to make a decision for his life, for his family, for his finances, for his church, for his kids, for everything in his life. It's hard for me to make a decision on what to do when you go to social media, when you go to this website, when you go to, the, to this news website, when you watch this news website, when you talk to this person, when you talk to that person, everybody has their own truth and their own opinion, but my question is, where is the truth? Who is the truth? Because it's very hard to make a decision when there's so many options laid out and available to me right now. Whose word am I going to believe? Am I going to believe these people posting whatever on social media? Am I going to believe the newspapers? Am I going to believe what the politicians are saying? Am I going to believe what the celebrities are saying? And am I going to believe what the newscasters are saying? Because they're all saying different things. No, no, no. There's only one truth and everything else is a lie. And that's the word of God. God says, I am not a man that I should lie. If I said it, I am going to do it. So my question to you is, is it hard or is it easy to receive and hear the word of God? But when you put that on a pedestal as the ultimate truth, God's word is the ultimate truth, it makes it easier to receive. And no matter what comes against me from the outside world, I go to this book 
and I find out what the truth is, and then I stand on that truth. What do I do in a worldwide pandemic? By his stripes, I am healed. No matter where I go, no matter who I come in contact with, no matter what I do, the truth is, by his stripes, I am healed. The truth is, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The truth is, Psalms 91 protection, that no evil shall befall me. It might come all around me, but no evil shall befall me. But I still have questions. Well, the truth is, it says, if you need wisdom, James says you can ask liberally for it, and he will give it to you. If you need wisdom, if you need knowledge, God, what do I do next? Where do I go next? What, how, when, where, why? I go to the truth. Because there's a lot of information flowing Everywhere in this world right now. But this one book has stayed the same. It hasn't changed. I've been on this earth for 30 plus years. And I haven't seen God come down. CNN or Fox News filming. We are live on location in Israel. God has come down. He said that the book was wrong. He's going to add some edits. And he's going to give us a new book in 2021. So you can read what you have now, but it's kind of wrong. We don't see any history of God showing up saying, whoops, I made a mistake. I misspoke in Psalms. Throw John out by the wayside. Don't listen to what Peter said. No, no, no. This book has stayed the same. It has survived year after year, decade after decade, century after century. War after war, famine after famine, plague after plague, this book has not changed and it has not backed down. God's word can be trusted. And you need to do some self-evaluation to understand, are you believing everything else that's out there? Or are you going to this book and finding out what the truth is? The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God stands. That word stands in Hebrew is Q-U-W-M. That's not a word, but so they say it is. The Word of God, here's what that definition means. The Word of God stands forever. The Word of God endures forever. The Word of God maintains oneself forever. The Word of God is established forever. The Word of God is to be confirmed forever. The Word of God is to be fixed, to be valid, to be proven, to be fulfilled, to be set. I love this last definition. The Word of God to persist. The Word of God persists forever. Look at this, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is a bold statement that John is making. Now this is the confidence. I don't have a lot of confidence 
in things anymore. We don't have confidence in the economy. We don't have confidence in what people are saying and doing. We question everything. And John makes this statement that there's something that you can have confidence in. You can put your complete trust in. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. I don't know if I gave you verse 15. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. This is the confidence that we have because of Him, because of what Jesus did, because we're in Him, that whatever we ask, according to His will, He hears us. And if He hears us, then He'll answer us. Well, then the age-old question is brought upon us, well, what is the will of God? Does God want me to do this? Does God want me to do that? Well, God says He'll give you the desires of your heart. So God's will is whatever you want. If He gives you the desires of your heart, He says, well, whatever your desires are is what I want to do for you. And then we stand here and we say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And He says, well, whatever you want to do, I'll help you do. God, tell me yes or no. I want to write a book. I want to start a business. I want to have a family. I want to have a house. I want to have this. I want to, God, I want that. Is that in your will? He says, well, if that's a desire of your heart, then then I want to give it to you. Tell me, God, please, what should I do next? And we get stuck in this limbo of life, of waiting to hear the will of God that he has for us. When God's also standing there saying, Whatever your desires are in your heart, I'm ready and willing to fulfill those. His words established that we can go into that book and see the will and the desire of... It's the desire of God's heart that no man should perish. Yes, that means perish in the eternal sense but it also means to not perish in this earth. In this day-to-day life. Because there are people who will go to heaven, they love God, they trust God, but they're perishing on this earth. They're struggling in their life in some way, shape, or form. And they think, well, it's God's will that I don't perish, I just got to survive this life and then I'll... Have fun in heaven. No, it says that Jesus came to give life and he came to give more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's come to give life. From the moment you say yes to him, he wants to raise you up. He wants to bring you to a higher place. Remember the scripture says that we're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We're moving forward in our lives. The closer we get to God, draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. The closer we get to Him, the more we become like Him. The more we become like Him, the less the world sticks to us. My pastor always says, if you get so caught up and focused on doing the do's, you won't have time to do the don'ts. 
If you just spend more time loving and serving Jesus, the things of this world, the song says, grow strangely dim at the light of His glorious face. The closer I get to Him, the less I desire to do things of the flesh. His Word stands forever. It's established. The question that I have, second question I have, is what Scripture... Are you standing or trusting on currently for a right now situation? If we get past the first question, okay, it's easy for me to understand that that's the truth. That is, that that the Word of God can be trusted. I will read His Word. I will find out the blessings, the promises, the benefits. Whatever He says is my truth going forward. Doesn't matter what the world says, what my job says, what my family says, what the devil says, whatever's coming against me says. I don't care what that says anymore. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. Then the next question I have for you is what are you standing on currently? What scripture are you standing on currently to help you in your right now situation? Over the last couple of months, I've had it all my life, and as a pastor and as a man, I'll be vulnerable with you, and I would assume that you would probably also understand this. All throughout my life, I've had anger issues, little old tiny me. Family members throughout my generations are angry. And I don't want to be an angry person. I always get angry at dumb stuff. When something doesn't work, when you're trying to fix something, and it just shoots me through the roof. Just do what you're supposed to do, drill. Just... (laughs) I mean, simple things of just trying to... Just simple things in life, just... Light a fire in me. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like to have that anger. We don't want to pass that anger on to our children. We don't want to discipline in anger. Children are frustrating. Whew, they're frustrating. We want to discipline in love, not in anger. I want to live my life in love. So my wife has been uh, strongly challenging me, strongly encouraging me. Son, husband, you need to get that anger under control. I don't want my children to see their father freak out because a box won't fold correctly. Can I be vulnerable? Can I be honest with you all today? So during the furlough, while I was, I decided, you know what, I'm going to find some scriptures, and I'm going to stand on them. So I made this Word document, and it's called Freedom from Anger. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scriptures that I try to do every morning. It's on my work computer, it's on my phone, I send it to my wife. I've got seven scriptures, and under each scripture, I have a confession 
that I say out loud. Ecclesiastes 7.9 Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. My confession for that. I do not run to anger and will no longer be a fool. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Here's my confession. I am slow to anger because I am the righteousness of God. Proverbs 29, 11, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. We should probably get that tattooed on the world right now. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. My confession is I do not vent all my anger, but I'm smart and I hold them back. Proverbs 15, 18, a wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. My confession, I will not stir up strife with my anger, but I will calm disagreements. Colossians 3, 8, but, how, but now you yourself are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. My confession, I will put off all anger and unfaithful and doubtful language. Proverbs 22 through 24, Proverbs 22, 24, make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. My confession, I am a good friend and make friends because I am not angry. The last scripture, Psalms 37, 8 and 9. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. My confession, I will cease and forsake anger and wait on the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been doing that for a couple months on and off. I'd like to say that I'm free from anger. And when that vacuum cleaner doesn't work, when I'm ripping it around the corner to vacuum up the dog hair that my dumb dog sheds all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> but this is, right now, in Jeremiah Land's life as your pastor, is what I'm standing on. This is my confession. This is what I'm believing for. When I was in Dallas and quit my job and was, had no work for 10 months, for my God shall meet all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I had no money at that time. We had nothing coming in. Maddie had the baby. She was at home. She wasn't working. I was looking for a job. And I stood on that scripture. My God shall meet my needs according to His riches and glory. I'm trying to find work. I'm trying to do these things. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm trying to manage my money. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying not to beg other people to provide for me and pay my bills. I'm trying to do everything that I can. But I stood on that scripture. God, it's your bank account that's going to meet my needs. When I was dealing with panic attacks in Dallas in a job that I wasn't happy in, Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication make your requests known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And I haven't had a panic attack since. Whenever we were looking for a house in Dallas, when we were looking for a house here, there's a scripture in Joshua, which is kind of, it's a different scripture than what you would say, but it's what I stood on when it came to me looking for a house and it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I told God, whatever house you give me, 
I'm tired of living in apartments. I'm tired of renting from people. I'm ready to buy a house. I'm ready to provide for my family. I'm ready for my kids to have a yard to play in and not be on the second floor of an apartment. I stood on the scripture. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whatever house you give me, I'm going to make sure that you are present, you are available, it is open for you, and that when people come, they experience your peace, your presence, and your anointing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My question is, what scriptures are you standing on for your right now situation? There's things that are going on in your life that you have no control over, that you have no idea how to overcome, how to get through, and the only answers that I'm telling you that you have is the Word of God, and it's the only thing that can be trusted. And the last thing, but the Word of our God stands forever. Psalms 119.89 Forever O Lord, your word is settled, established, complete in heaven. The question that I have, my third and final question for you to ponder this week, is do you believe that trusting and speaking God's word today can change your tomorrow? Do you believe that? Because if you believe that, then you would get this word out of your mouth quicker than the negativity that you've been speaking so far. Well, I'll never find. I'll never get. They never. No, no, no. I am more than a conqueror. The favor of God is on my life. Scripture after scripture. If his word is established and settled forever, forever includes my right now. My timetable of however long I'm on earth includes is included in forever. In eternity, that includes this section of time. So therefore, if his word is established and settled forever, then that means I can have it established and settled in my life right now. The prophet's coming in a couple of weeks, and he's going to bring a word for this church that I believe will help us and propel us to finish 2020 strong and step into 2020 in a way that we've never seen before. Do you believe that the Word of God, the prophetic Word of God, the Scriptures that you utter out of your mouth can change your tomorrow? I believe there's going to be a point in time in my life, in the very near future, that I'm not going to let these things get me angry anymore. And my kids aren't going to see me throw something across the room, get ticked off because this or that wasn't working. Am I just wishing it and wanting it? No, no, no. I'm attacking it with the Word of God. That I'm speaking and quoting and confessing the Word of God, knowing that His Word can be trusted, and knowing that what I'm saying and speaking today that there's life and death in the power of the tongue, and I'm going to choose which one I'm going to say that it's going to affect and change my tomorrow. His word can be trusted. Do you trust his word? What scriptures are you standing on to change and affect your right now situation that you're going through? And do you believe that those scriptures that you're standing on will change your tomorrow? Let's stand up today. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you sent your word. You sent your word in, your, in the flesh. And you walked among us. Father, we thank you for your word. 
We don't take it for granted. We don't push it by the wayside. But we embrace it. And we apply it to our lives. Now more than ever, we need the truth. It says in the Scriptures that you came, Holy Spirit, as the Spirit of truth. But it also says in the Scriptures that there is a spirit of error that is on this earth. And Father, we want to be on the side of the spirit of truth, and we want to push away the spirit of error. We want to trust and believe what you have for us, what you want for us, and we want to see that manifest and show up in our lives. Because of what you did, Jesus, and because of what we believe in what you did, we know that we can see our lives change. So Father, speak to us this week. Challenge us this week. Encourage us this week as we go and study these questions and do a deep dive into our own personal life. Do I truly believe what the Bible says? Do I truly trust the Word of God? And if I don't, Father, then give me opportunities to trust your Word. Father, as I investigate my life on on where I want to be in the future, let me find some scriptures today that I can quote and stand and believe on and by faith, It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That I find these Scriptures and I speak them over and over and over again. I don't speak the negativity that's out there. I don't talk about what's going to happen to me. What I say is what God says about me and who I am. That in Him I am the righteousness of God. In Him I am healed. In Him I am restored. In Him I am holy. In Him I am blameless. In Him I am faultless. In Him I am the light of the world. In Him I flow in miracles. In Him I can go out and preach the gospel. In Him the devil is overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Father, bless your people, protect your people, heal your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do, and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. April, I mean August 23rd, mark it on your calendar now, invite your friends and family, and we'll see you all next Sunday. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.